Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Welcome to this episode of Equipped to Be. So glad you joined us today. I'm Connie Albers. We're going to continue our parenting series. This is going to be part six. If you have not listened to the previous episodes, I think you need to go back and tune in. We are actually going through my book, Parenting Beyond the Rules. We've done over 100 episodes here at Equipped to Be. Not all of them are on parenting. Some are on motherhood or just life in general. How do you navigate the twists and turns of life? You know, we all have them. Unexpected pitfalls or financial shortfall. We all have things that can happen in our life. And usually, friends, it takes me about two questions. And I can get to the heart of what's really going on in somebody's life. It's not like I have this, you know, innate ability to make people cry, but I care about people and I care about encouraging you as you are walking and navigating the seasons of building a family. If you don't have the book, I'd encourage you to get it. You can order it wherever books are sold. And this episode, we're going to be talking about understanding your kid's world because there's some tough topics you're going to have to address and you are addressing. And if not, uh, you're going to need to earlier than when you planned. And that's going to be the focus of this edition of Equipped to Be. Stick around. I think you're going to enjoy it. All right. So I'm often asked about, uh, normally it's from parents that are really, I mean, they're caring, wonderful parents. And sometimes you just get at a loss. And I'm often asked, you know, like, I try to talk to my kid. I try to teach them. I'm trying so hard and I just feel like I'm in a losing battle. You're not in a losing battle. That's a defeatist mindset that there's really not much you can do. You know, there's so many forces against you trying to speak into your children. But understanding your child's world inevitably means you're going to have to have some hard conversations. And what do you do? Well, the first thing, when I often talk to families, I remind them that your children don't know what's normal. I mean, if they're a teenager, they know what life was like in middle school, but every year they're advancing forward and they're growing and maturing and brain circuitry is escalating. It's firing more cylinders. I mean, it's just the brain is developing. Their hormones are raging as well. They have thoughts about things they've never really thought of because as they grow and mature, They're growing into becoming an adult. Well, you're already an adult. You, at this point, as you're listening to this podcast, you've got miles under the wheels of those tires in your life. You've had lots and lots of experiences of falling down and having to get back up, of learning to be resilient, uh, learning to get unstuck. And you've, you've had a lot of experience of I hope you have anyway, telling yourself the truth. Well, your kids don't have miles and miles under the tires. If they're an elementary age child, 
they're very present. You know, they, they may look back for a second, but they're forward thinking. They're, the, they're like right now in the present. You know, can I do this? Can I play with this? Can I go here? Can I be with this friend? Mommy, can we go get ice cream? I mean, that's what their their world involves. They're contemplators, for sure. They're they're thinking, but they're usually not thinking like super grand future ideas. Some of yours now I know you'll you'll write me and say, but my child does, and that's good. There are some that do. But the overwhelming majority, the elementary years, are they're kind of learning the ins and outs of life. When you hit the middle school years, well, the, their hormones are just starting to kick in. They get a little bit more moody, maybe picky, selective, some might say. Some days they're happy about life and some days they're not. Some days, I had a conversation with a woman the other day, some days a simple glance or not a glance from a friend can crush their world. It can throw them into an emotional tailspin. And now you might be thinking, oh, get over it. Or you might be thinking, oh, it's no big deal. She'll have a mood swing tomorrow and y'all will be friends again. Maybe, maybe not. But see, you have the perspective of being an adult and seeing through the lens of the miles you've traveled, of the experiences you have had. Your kids don't. You know, they may have had one or two friends that weren't nice to them here or there, but they're learning patterns of behavior. I want you to hear this. They're learning patterns of behavior. If this happens, then that. If they do this to me, I do this to them. If I do this to them, they're going to do something to me. They're learning retaliation, retribution. They're, they're learning kindness. They're learning generosity. They're learning scarcity. They're learning so much that sometimes, if we're not careful, we miss what they're learning. It's like they're sponges absorbing, constantly taking in data. Those looks on the face, and thank God we're past the mask phase, that was the most crippling thing to children, to not be able to see the expressions on somebody's face, the turned smile line, the sweet little grin or smirk or the bold smile. Those were very important in our child's development. And our children didn't have those. They missed those cues, unless, of course, you're in the home. But our children are constantly taking in information. If I do this, mom's going to react like that. If I do this, dad's going to respond like that. They are taking all of this in and it's, you're writing on their heart. So when things happen to them that they don't understand, which is honestly a lot, you would be wise to understand where they are. Understand the world they are living in. And you think, well, I'm living in the same yeah, you are, but you're processing it differently. And you need to level down a bit to their developmental comprehension, maturity, whatever word you want to say, to their level. Don't bark at them. Don't marginalize them. I mean, how many times have you said, oh, that's silly. Don't do that. Is it silly? To you, it might be. To them, it might not be. It might be monumental. So 
In order to understand our kids' world, we have to step into it. We have to see through their lens. Now, if you've been a faithful listener, and by the way, we sure do appreciate you because our listenership is going up and we're so grateful because that means we're reaching more families and changing more lives. And that's why we exist. So I want you to understand their world and the way that you understand their world is seeing through their lens. That five-year-old, the world is full of wonder and opportunity and possibilities. Everything is a potential rocket ship. If you're a rocket ship or a home or a car or whatever they imagine in their mind. See, our kids, they're just sponges. Everything. They live in a world of what if and what is possible. And then we live in a world of what's not going to work because our life experiences has dictated this doesn't work, this doesn't work, this doesn't work. And we are reductionist, to be honest with you. How many times do you throw out an idea full of excitement only to be met with, I like to call them darts, because somebody who's very skilled at playing darts, they take aim on that balloon, right? There were the dartboard. And with one glide of the hand and release of the fingers, that dart can land square in the middle of the bullseye or pop the balloon. But how many of you have this great, wonderful idea and it's met with all the ways it's not going to work? or what all the things you have to do in order to make it work. Well, think about this for a minute. Think about you. When you have a grand idea and everybody around you tells you all the ways it either won't work or all the steps you're going to have to take to make it happen, instead of sitting with you in that moment, in that idea, and going, yes, and you could do this and this and this and this, or we could make it like this and this, or I can help you do this and this. Just stop for a minute and think about how life-giving that is to a child. Whether your child is in middle school, elementary school, middle school, or high school, regardless of their ages, even, even my adult children. When my adult children invite me into their world of possibilities, their world of possibilities, man, I feel so honored because they know, well, God willing, the first thing I've tried to discipline myself to not Tell them all the ways their ideas aren't going to work or how it's going to be too expensive or what a bad decision that car is. They really should pick this car. Did you not make decisions your parents maybe wouldn't have? You really wanted a certain car and your parents was like, well, you know, that's not very reliable. You should probably get uh, this. Instead of just being excited that they're taking initiative to make a decision. Friends, we have to see through our child's lens. We have to celebrate the dreams, the adventures, the ideas that they have without being the reality checker right away. There's a time for that. There's a time to sift through the idea. But let's see the world through their lens. Let's understand the world they're growing up in, which is full of bullying and unkindness and self-centeredness. Let's teach our children to be others aware we're naturally going to be self-aware because we tend to be on the selfish side. We protect ourselves. Some of your kids don't. Some of your kids are so tender-hearted and they get hurt a lot because they're givers and they're generous. But we know social media is really ruining lives 
I'm not anti-technology or anti-social. I have been, though, if you've been following on, me on social media, you've seen I've pivoted a bit. I believe I'm not going to change anybody's opinion by yelling at them. So I'll listen to somebody rant and rave about this and that, and then I'll just walk away. If they ask me what I think, I'll be honest, but your kids don't have that ability to think that way. You have to teach them. We've done some previous episodes on technology for children. I want your children to be safe. I want your children to learn how to wield the power of technology for good and not evil, to build others up and not tear them down. I don't want your kids getting involved in anonymous apps because maybe a friend or a cousin or they accidentally clicked somewhere and they stumbled onto this or that. I don't want to see that happen. The world is dangerous. We get it, but we want to guide our kids through it. So, you know, what are some of the things we can do? Well, first, it begins with being aware and be paying attention. It's observing. It's observing what your kids say and think. You know, those moments where they just kind of blurt out something and it's not filtered. Don't be ready to just pounce on what was said. Get to the root of why it was said. Why did they say what they said about another child, a playmate, their sibling? What's behind the words that were spoken or the the little shove or the mean look? What's behind it? There's something going on in the heart of your child, and we want to help them process it. It could be, you know, a best friend just wasn't very kind. Help them to understand that you are their greatest cheerleader, that you are there to listen. We want to come alongside our kids. We want to help navigate with them, not dictate everything. We want to teach and train them. And that means sometimes they make some poor decisions. We don't want that to happen, but it's not possible to have a perfect childhood. There's going to be things that happen, mishaps, mistakes. But as best you can, try to stay ahead of where they are so that you can help guide and lead them through their interest, through those conversations. Keep your finger on the pulse of the friends that they're hanging out with or want to hang out with. Keep an ear tuned in to the things that they want to spend time thinking about or playing or doing or becoming. And as you're reminding your kids and, and you're understanding their world and you're going back, so let's go back to the beginning of what I said in the, in the first part is they don't have the luxury of experiences to be able to come to a reasonable, logical, biblical conclusion. We have to guide them through that process. And we can't guide them if we don't know where they are. We can't do that if we don't know how they think, feel, and behave, how they process all the events of the world around them. And constantly remind them, hey, you know, mom and dad, I'd always tell my kids, hey, I'm not going to catch everything you do. That's not my job. My job is not to stand over you and make sure that I catch every possible infraction you could ever possibly do so that I could teach and train you. I can't do that. But I would gently, not in a threatening way, but I would in a gentle way say, but God does. God knows what's coming towards you. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you're doing. He knows where you're clicking. He knows what you're saying when I'm not around and you're with your friends and maybe your friends start acting up or acting out. 
he sees. He sees if you join in or if you just walk away. He sees your response. Help them to realize God does see. God does know. And then I would always tell my kids, and he will reveal in time, either through a word or action that you say, or through a friend, or through your sibling. But he lets us parents know there's something that just doesn't, have you ever had that? Something just like in the pit of your stomach, you know, some people call it a gut reaction. Just like, oh, something's not settling right in your spirit, in your heart, in your gut, intuition. You just know something's not right. Listen to that. And then talk about that with your kids. I don't know what it is, but I am very uneasy by this situation. I'm very uneasy when I see you do this and that. What's is there something going on? You know, and it, and if they're trying to hide something, you know what they're going to say? No, 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 everything's fine. No, let's let's get to the heart. Let's not marginalize or criticize or minimize. Don't let the first thing you do be correction or criticism. Correction has a place. Criticism doesn't. Step into their shoes and realize God gave you the wisdom and the experience. You're the parent. He gave that to you so you could help your kids walk on a safe path, pointing them to the Lord, pointing them that God is our refuge. He is our hope in times of trouble, that he will be there. Those simple conversations carry a lot of weight. Understand your child's world that bullying and cyber issues, I mean, even on the simplest of devices, can still find their way. People, bad actors is what I call them, people that want to do harm to your family, to your kids, they tend to find a way They just look for a little crack. And it's not really the person, but I would say it's more the enemy. I mean, our families are under attack. I I did a segment on a radio show that I co-host, and my segments are always about family matters, how it's not new that our family's under attack. Sometimes it's shouted in the media all the time, families are under attack. Families have always been under attack. If that is news to you, it's not news. It's old news, repackaged, repurposed, and regurgitated. That's just the way it is. Families are under attack. Now, at least we know what motives are. There's no hidden agendas. They're just blatant. In some ways, it makes parenting a lot easier because you actually do know what is coming at your kids. And you can help them. Sit them down. Go for a car ride. Go for a bike ride. Sit on the back porch. Go to the park. Have some conversations. Have those tough talks. Talk about things. And before you go, when you do have that instinct, that gut reaction, you've got to seek wisdom. Maybe you need to find somebody who's traveled a little further. Maybe they have older children. They've been there. Ask them, what did they do? Don't just take what they did and automatically apply it. Process it. Think about it. Pray about it. But you've got to seek wisdom. You got to talk to the child that's in front of you, that sensitive child that's very aware. They hear the words you're saying and they have great impact on their lives. Or that strong-minded child where you say words and they just, they have like this Teflon coating. They just like bounce off of them. They don't really, but that's what they would lead you to believe. Talk often. As you go by the way, try to avoid those knee-jerk outbursts of just whatever's in your mind comes out your mouth. Try to phrase what you're saying with them in mind. Because what good is it going to do if you blurt out 
anything and it doesn't land where you want it to land. It just bounces off. And then pay attention to the, the body language that they have. Pay attention to their mood swings. Pay attention to if they're not eating properly or if they're not sleeping well or if there's something different in their behavior. Make mental note. Talk with your spouse if you're married. Talk with others. Ask for help. See, we do have a lot of problems facing our kids, especially if you have older children. Yes, there really is a drug problem. There really are real issues facing all of us that we haven't faced before. I'm watching my adult children, and if those of you that are listening, because we have such an amazing age range in our audience, if you have older children that are adults, and maybe you're a grandparent, which you guys know I just became a grandparent, my role switched now. My role is to support mom and dad and to love that little one. My role is to pour life into them, to give them confidence because they don't have experience, right? Remember when you had your first baby? You may have thought you knew what you would do because you babysat a lot, but when it's your own and it's just you and that child or the three of you or however many, suddenly you feel very inept. Even the most versed parenting nanny years, they feel very inept. Well, that's the role we get to play. And why did I say that? Because we need to support our kids, whether they're little or whether they're adults. We need to be sharing little notes, post-it notes, put them on the fridge, put them on their pillow. Speak life into your kids. Find ways to let them know you believe in them, you trust them, you respect them, you care about them. Let them know you're praying for them. I, I sent a note to one of my kids the other day. I sent a text. It was simple. It was just, I wanted to give her a shot of encouragement. And I spend a lot of time. People think, oh, Connie, your kids are all grown up. You must have all this free time. I would like to know where I can find that free time because I haven't found it because there's still work to do. Our job's not over. It's not over until our life is over. We need to be about the business of building up our families and making them strong, making our relationships solid and concrete, where trust and safety, where it's safe to be vulnerable, where they know if they're struggling, we're there. I want you to get a bigger picture because you have to understand their world, their problems, and help them resolve them in a way that brings honor to the Lord, but in a way that brings healing or help to them. So they grow up and they've got that pattern. It's already in them. They know how to navigate the twists and turns of life. That's the goal. Don't ever think that because you have raised your kids right in the younger years or the middle years, the teen years, and then you launch them out, don't think your kids aren't tempted. If they're out of your sight, they're tempted. And some of your kids, if, they're, if you're in their sight, they're still tempted. Be the family that invites friends to your home. For over 30 years, our home has been a hangout place. It still is. It's the strangest thing. My kids have friends that come into town and they always ask if their friends can stay at our place. I love it. So I get to have these wonderful conversations with all these new families and watch them and listen. Invite them to your place. You get to know a lot about your kids, about their strengths and their weaknesses. You get to see what makes them tick and you see what makes them ticked. The friend that can push the buttons and aggravate them 
the kid that can manipulate your kid into doing things they wouldn't do, or you get to see how your kids might manipulate others or how your kids might bully others. You get to see all that when they're around you, but you miss it if they're not. And create fun gatherings. Create those. They don't have to be elaborate. I think I did a, um, I wrote an article for a magazine that I'm a columnist for, and it's about growing relationships. And I just said, we have to create those memories. We can't wait for them to happen. Sometimes they just, you know, spontaneously happen, but more often they're not. We want to create those. We want to think about what can we do, whether it's that walk at 5 p.m. at dusk every day or that morning walk or the child who gets up with you to help make breakfast because that's just your special time with them. They never forget it. Create it. Make sure you always have breakfast supplies on hand or make sure you always have those dinner supplies and tell them often, I see you. You're doing such a great job. Oh, it smells so good. Or, hey, we're on a walk. Did you see those flowers? Remember those flowers we saw three weeks ago? Oh, do you remember that bird we saw? Bring them back to that place. Those memories, those memories of your relationship. It's natural. It can be. We do have to have the tough topics about gender, about education, about values, about what life is about how people see things differently, believe things differently than you do, and how we have to teach our children to be aware of the differences that divide. Some of your kids are going to be bold. They're going to speak up and speak out. Some of yours aren't. They're peacemakers. What others think, feel, or behave, well, you know, that's not irrelevant to them because they see them as just a person, a person who has feelings, a person who has needs, and it's a child, right? Or a grandparent or an aunt or uncle. And we want to teach our kids to be tender-hearted towards each other and towards one another. Just remind your kids constantly that you're there for them, that we're going to be doing things together. We're going to walk through all manner of life. Whatever that brings us, we're going to do it together. I used to call it the Albers in action. The Albers serve. The Albers are kind. The Albers look out for each other. The Albers are honest. The Albers are trustworthy. We're reliable. Remind your kids who your family is and why it's safe within your family for them to grow up, for them to be vulnerable. And if it's not, then you need to do some work. If your kids don't feel safe being vulnerable and sharing their thoughts and ideas and fears and insecurities, then you need to do some hard work on yourself and see why. Do you clap back when they say something? Do they not feel safe to share because you're going to criticize them or make fun of them? If that is, examine your heart. We're not going to know everything about everything our children do. We want to teach our kids to be responsible and that God is always watching. We want our kids to know that we're going to be praying over them, with them, and for them constantly. We're going to give feedback. They may or may not like it. We're going to talk about guarding their hearts We're going to show our kids through our actions and through our conversations how to be diligent with one another because we want them to form a biblical strategy so that we can help them learn how to answer the questions that our society is facing in a loving way. Always talk about your family values. That's what makes you unique and special. It's your family. What do you stand for? What do you represent? What matters to you? 
as a family, not just mom and dad's opinion. There's more to it than that because we are a family and we are doing life together. And if it's a a rough season right now, just remember it's always too soon to quit. You're not in control. You are to lead. We want to lead our children. If they have misstepped, they've made some poor decisions because that happens. Let me just tell you right now, that happens. Sadly, it happens more than we wish and we'd like, especially if we've poured our life into them. Let them know that mishaps and mistakes, uh, they're common. They're common to all of us. And you can even share some of your own mistakes, but reassure them that you love them. And we did a segment on our parenting series here on unconditional love. If they've made mistakes, sometimes they might make some really bad ones, very poor decisions. Let them know you still love them. Let them know that we are a family and we are going to do life together in all manner of life, whatever circumstances come our way, because I understand what you're going through. I know what God is trying to help you become. You are a masterpiece in the making. I'm going to be a vessel for the Lord to help teach and train you in the way that you should go so that when you are old, you will not depart from the truth. We want our kids standing on the truth. We want them to practice the behavior and the patterns that we have taught them as a child. And I'm watching it lived out now. I'm watching how uh, my kids have implemented the patterns, the strategies, the mindset that we had now to the next generation. Friends, that's a beautiful thing. That's a life worth aspiring to. You're pouring in day and night, and you're wondering if it's ever going to matter. It matters. It matters more than you can know right now. So this wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. As we have talked about understanding your child's world and tackling those tough topics, whether they be alcohol or drugs, whether they be cyberbullying, whether they be gender issues, cultural issues, it's not normal to them because they haven't had enough miles under the road. Help them learn how to walk through these seasons. That's the goal. Because we want to keep the heart of our child so that when they are old, we enjoy doing life together. That's the beautiful picture I want you to see. That's what you're working for. Thank you for tuning into this edition of Equipped to Be, and we'll see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.